not quite the way I planned it, but USC versus Oklahoma should be interesting. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching the show on YouTube or wherever you're going to download your podcast, it's free, and I appreciate your support. You can show your appreciation. If you're watching on YouTube, become a free subscriber. It's quick and it's easy. Just click that red subscribe button and you're done. When you see that thumbs up button, smash it. And don't forget to hit the bell notification so you don't miss one episode of Locked on USA. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked on College for $20 off your first purchase. Game Time, get your tickets. Speaking of, Sometimes life isn't really fair. It kind of teases you. You want something. You don't quite get exactly what you want, but you still get a little bit of it. I think everybody would love to see USC and Oklahoma play another, another round of football, right? Last time those two teams got together, USC uh, reminded the Sooners who's in charge, 55 to 19. Well, we're going to get to see USC and Oklahoma play sooner rather than later in basketball, in hoops, men's hoops. Look, I know no one's ready to uh, make the, the full transition from football into basketball just yet, but uh, we're almost there. So might as well uh, make that transition with two football blue bloods playing hoops. So I got a question for you, Hoops fans out there. When you're at home, you know, shooting at the wastebasket, you yell Kobe when you shoot. Kobe! little one-on-one game. On Thanksgiving, Thursday afternoon, USC men's Hoops beat Seton Hall 71-63. to Now, again, don't worry. Not going anywhere. We're going to talk football. We're just going to get a little hoops in there first. This is the bye week. It's not like the football team has anything going on this week. We're all just sitting around waiting for the uh, defensive coordinator announcement to happen. Hasn't happened yet. I think it's going to happen on Friday, maybe sometime while you're watching the show. Who knows? Nobody knows. And again, since we are waiting for a couple of announcements, I figured let's just let's talk some hoops. Get it out of the way. Let's let's get you guys going because. We will be talking hoops a little bit more once the football season comes to an end. Teams down in San Diego, uh, Thursday and Friday, they played Seton Hall. Uh, So you got a little bit of the Big East Conference versus the West Coast. And this was in the the Rady Children's Hospital Invitational, the first ever. Early in the day, uh, Oklahoma beat Iowa. I think the score was 79 to 67, I believe. Game wasn't really that close. Uh, Seton Hall came into this matchup against USC 4-0, undefeated. They haven't really played anybody, but they were bringing a senior-laden roster into this matchup. They start a five-man t- five-man group of seniors. USC's best player, uh, fifth-year senior Boogie Ellis, he's uh, he's matched up in the backcourt with the number one recruit in the country. His name is Isaiah Collier. Really good player. Uh, still learning the college game. But uh, you will see him get better as the season goes along. 
I love Joshua Morgan, center for USC, starting center. Great defensive player. But look, I'll be honest. I love the guy. He's got terrible hands. <laughs> you do offensively, he is not your go-to guy. Let's just put it that way. Although he is shooting close to 80% field goals from the field. When you're only shooting one or two times and it's from the layup range, you better be shooting at least 80%, right? Uh, terrible hands on offense, but he's a really good defender. He led the team with six turnovers. Again, he is a defensive presence. That is, He knows what lane he should be in. He had five blocks in the first half. Uh, he would finish with a career high 10 blocks in the game. Uh, he only had four points. Again, one field goal. He made two out of four free throws. I asked him if you, uh, if you say Kobe when you shoot. Kobe Johnson, USC's Kobe. He got the game started with two quick three-pointers. And then he really started to kind of put his put his finger his his fingerprints his touch on the game. Kobe is known as a defensive presence, and once he starts locking in, you're if you're playing on the other team, you're going to have a really difficult time scoring. Here's the nice thing about Kobe's game: uh, if he starts to develop a consistent outside shot, especially from three point range, he, he's a really athletic really long his defensive skills are well above average if he could put an outside shot together with his with his athleticism and his defensive abilities he's gonna have a really long nba future um he played 35 minutes in the game 13 points six rebounds five steals that's a kobe johnson game not going to have a lot of points, but he's going to give you double-digit points. He's going to hit the rebounds. He's going to play lockdown defense. As I said, five steals. I think that family's got some good NBA DNA. His brother, Jalen, plays in the NBA already. So uh, I think his future is bright, obviously. And just to show you how good he is on defense, he was guarding uh, Kadari Richmond, who is Seton Hall's best player. Um, one of their best players. He... Uh, Kobe Johnson helped, helped hold him to one for seven shooting in the first half. And when you combine Richmond with El Amir Dawes, the other be uh, best shooter on Seton Hall's team, they were combined one for 17 in the first half. That's why USC had a 10-point first half lead at the half at halftime. Real quick, uh, Kajani Wright came in in last year's recruiting class. It's a man-child. So big, so strong. Offensively, really raw. But uh, he looks like a tight end playing playing basketball. You'll notice when he's on the court, he's a space eater. I, I'd love to see what he looks like as his game continues to develop. I don't know if he's going to be, if he'll make it to the NBA right away, but you'd like his size. And if he can start to develop offensively, you'll like how he plays around the boards. Uh, I mentioned Isaiah Collier, freshman, number one recruit in the country, true freshman, six foot five, 200 plus pounds. Uh, if he gets you one on one, you're done. You can't guard him. He's going to beat you. His skill level, his skill set, off the chart. But he also leads the country in turnovers, <laughs> five per game. 
he reached that quota. Uh, you still want the ball in his hands. He's in line, uh, 15 points, five assists, but again, five turnovers at the end. With uh, about five minutes to go in the first half, USC used a 13 to two run, and they eventually got out to a 24 to 14 lead. As I mentioned, they led 32 to 22 at halftime. USC right now is ranked number 23 in the nation. We'll see where they are uh, after this weekend. If they could beat Oklahoma, they'll probably move up. They were a little bit higher when the season started, but they have that loss at home to UC Irvine, who is probably going to make the tournament this year, but USC should never lose at home to Irvine, even without two of their better players not playing in the game. So, again, USC had a nice halftime lead. They actually extended that lead to 20 points in the first half, and they got a little sloppy. And all of a sudden, before you know it, the lead is cut down to 13. And then before you know it, the lead is down to three. USC led by six, 49 to 43. There was about seven and a half minutes to go. And this is, again, because USC had 17 turnovers on the game. They were keeping Seton Hall in the game. USC's defense was great. Offensively, not so good. There was a point USC had 18 turnovers. Seton Hall turned that into 23 points. Uh, USC would finish with 19 turnovers. Seton Hall turned that into 25 points. Defensively, USC forced Seton Hall's 13 turnovers into 18 points. So in the infield, he recruits really well. You have to play defense. So USC football, take note. You have to recruit really well. You have to play defense. Offensively, USC hoops, they depend too much on one-on-one -on -one stuff. And many times that ends up hurting them offensively. USC football, again, take note. You shouldn't be relying on one person too much on offense. Just kind of weave everything together here, football, basketball. Really nice thing. In the past, USC free throw shooting hasn't been great. Uh, this year, they've been shooting at around 80%. Uh, that almost came back to haunt them late in the game. Fortunately, Isaiah Collier, uh, he missed two late. He came back, made two a little bit later. And as long as USC makes free throws down the stretch, they're going to be okay. I mentioned uh, Joshua Morgan, 10 blocks in the game, career high. Your team leaders in this game, 22 points from Boogie Ellis, five rebounds. Isaiah Collier, 15 points, five rebounds, five assists. And Kobe Johnson, 13, 6, and 5 steals. Uh, overall for the game, USC, they shot 44%. They held Seton Hall to 35%. They held Seton Hall to 19% for three-point range. USC is a really good defensive team, year in, year out. They're one of the best perimeter de uh, defensive teams. Uh, even though at times it seems like whenever teams get hot, it's against USC. It's one of those things. Hopefully, they, they reverse that trend this year. So, here we go. USC versus Oklahoma in tomorrow's championship game. Game will be at 1230 on Fox TV. Check it out. So, let's go, Sooner fan. Let's see who gets to brag. Let's, get, let's see who gets some early bragging rights before we uh, eventually play each other in football. I know you guys are watching and listening to the show. So, chime on in. We'll be playing each other.
Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive with ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Motors. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts on Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, let's get back to football. I know everybody's like, come on, Mark, get back to it. Hey, look, I cover both football and basketball. This is really the first time I jumped into basketball. You can handle it. And this is going to be a really good team. You're going to want to get behind them. However, football recruiting is about to take off. Fingers crossed and uncrossed. Uh, the new defensive coordinator is being anticipated by defensive recruits. I mean, they're kind of looking around and saying, well, USC, what are you doing? You want me to be interested? Show me what you're going to do. Well, you've got the recruits locally as well as nationally. Kind of looking over the shoulder. We're ready. We're ready. Tell me what you're going to do. And I, I think the momentum is really going to start taking off. In fact, Lincoln Riley, before the new coordinator was even hired, and no, uh, this new commit does not know who it is yet. Maybe he does. Uh, but nobody knows publicly. USC got a linebacker commitment for the 2024 class ahead of the defensive coordinator announcement. Just one week after taking an official visit to USC, he comes from Clarkston, Michigan. His name is Desmond Stevens II, and he's announced his commitment to USC. He's 6'3", 220 pounds. He was committed to Boston College, and then he received an offer from USC in October. And he started to look around. This is what he said. USC started showing interest in early to mid-October. They offered on Halloween. And it's a school that I took seriously right away. USC is a blue blood school. It is a top school. And I was excited. But I'm not the type of person to hop on a bandwagon or go on a jersey. So I had to take my time. and learned more about the coaches. I learned more about what the school is about. And that is when I knew. At least he knows about the school. I don't know if he knows about the coaching staff yet, or at least who will be coaching him. He has an idea. And apparently he really wanted to be a Trojan because it only took him three weeks or so to change his mind. This is what, it's, this is what else he told on three. I like Coach Riley a lot. His mindset is everything I'm looking for. And as a coach, I think he's on the right track. He has one a lot of games. He's going to find a great defensive coordinator 
and he will get the team ready. As a person, he's about his players, and he has done a lot for his players over the years. He is a relatable person. He talks to everyone, and he is just a normal guy, and I'm ready to play and work for. Uh, he went on to say, USC is joining the Big Ten Conference in 2024 alongside UCLA, Washington, Oregon. That move to the formerly Midwest Center Conference is important to the Michigan native. Playing in the Big Ten is big for me, Stephen said. I think the Big Ten is moving in the right direction. It has great competition, and it puts me close to my family. It all worked out. So there you go. You got a guy coming into USC. He's from the Big Ten area. I mean, he's from Michigan. So weather isn't going to be an issue, obviously. Um, and he's going to have some of that, I guess, Midwest of values, that blue-collar personality that you tend to get uh, from, with guys who come from Michigan, Ohio State, Illinois, that part of the country. Yeah. He's a four-star with the on three uh, recruiting services. He's a three-star with everybody else, you know, for you guys who stargaze. Other teams that showed a significant interest in his recruitment were Purdue, Michigan State, Louisville. So, again, familiar with the uh, the big conference environment. And he has, he has some nice schools looking at him. Obviously, I think USC is the uh, the headliner. Of, the, of that offer list. We're, we'll see where he projects uh, projects to play in college, especially at USC, uh, when we find out who's going to be coaching him. He played all over the field, though, in high school. He was a safety. He also played edge. He was a boundary cornerback. So we know he's an athlete. Uh, he slotted to play linebacker for the Trojans. Let's stick on the defensive side of the ball. Big-time defensive pro defensive tackle prospect, Jericho Johnson from Armillo High School, uh, Northern California. He released his final four list. USC made the uh, cut. He announced his commitment date December 21st. Utah, Washington, Oregon, USC. Here's the thing. He never took his official visit to USC. And most are anticipating that Oregon has him in the uh, – an IL bag. But look, if the Trojans can make a splashy hire and play the NIL game, then maybe they might have a chance to snag what they really desperately need. A big dude who could play in the middle of a defensive line. They're going to stay looking on the defensive line. Uh, it's open game on that Texas A&M recruiting class now that Jimbo Fisher is unemployed. Last week, uh, Longview, Texas, Pine Pine Tree four-star defensive lineman. He's also a Texas A&M commit. Dalen Evans, he became a new hot topic uh, in the USC recruiting circles. Uh, Trojans are now trying to flip him. And he's been uh, committed to A&M for quite a while. He's going to be taking an official visit in the coming weeks, so we'll see what happens. Other teams that are in the mix that have uh, in, who have been hearing this guy, who this young man who's been hearing from much longer than USC, Florida and Alabama. So USC has their work cut out for them trying to get this guy, but at least he's listening right now and he's planning to take a trip. Somebody you probably want to keep an eye on out of that Texas A&M class. I mentioned his name before a few weeks ago. His name's Gabriel Relford. He's still committed to A&M. Uh, he's been since June. 
but now he's scheduling some uh, official visits this fall. Again, AM's class is going to fall apart. Prime Pickens right now. So if you again, if USC can make that higher, open the eyes, and you know, if you have to play the NIL game, play the NIL game. Uh, you might be able to flip this guy. He he's already taken a visit. He was at the USC Washington game in November, and he's planning to come back. This is probably the best. This is the guy with you that USC has the best chance of flipping out of that AM class. We'll see. If anything, right now, just recognize that USC is making a concerted effort to get guys to play on that defensive line. Here's another name to, to keep an eye on. He's a three-star. Uh, his name is Gidi uh, Ab- Abasiri. Uh, he received an offer from USC on Monday, just this past Monday, and he's currently committed to the Minnesota Golden Golfers, number 600 overall prospect and the number 59 rated defensive lineman, according to on three in the 2024 cycle. What do you like about him? Six foot six, 270 pounds. He also holds offers from Washington, Missouri, Minnesota, Kansas State, Kansas, Iowa State. So nice, nice offer list across the board. And again, you got to like that size. That's where we're at right now with USC defensive recruiting, especially on the defensive line. I thought you might want a little bit. I don't know how full you are from Thanksgiving. Maybe you have a, a big appetite. You got room for, for some defensive line nuggets that you can maybe shove down your throat before you go to sleep. As you're waking up, who knows? It's a long weekend for everybody. So if you're watching this on Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, thank you very much. We got one more segment coming up, and uh going to be my Friday wait. Trojan fans, stop stressing out trying to get tickets. Download the Game Time Ticket app. Especially if you want to head down to San Diego, watch USC take on Oklahoma in hoops. With killer deals and last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're, you're going to have. Trojan fans, if you're still on the bandwagon, the USC Trojan football bandwagon, Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day event, including basketball. Get flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, right up to the day, right up to the right up to the time, right up to tip off, and you're going to get the best price available. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 100%, 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what you're going to get when you arrive. And they're going to send the tickets directly right to your phone. You don't have to go searching for your email. And you can do it really fast. Two taps and you're done. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Again, create an account. Redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Terms will apply. Download the Game, game Time app today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. We made it to the end of another week, Trojan fans. Yes. But we've got a long ways to go. But until uh, next week, and until I come back, we're going to see if I have a post-game reaction after USC-Oklahoma. See how I feel. I got a Friday rant. 
And this one is uh, this one's about booing or being asked not to boo. Look, there are uh, <coughs> I'll agree. There are certain times during games when you it probably isn't the best best thing to do. You probably shouldn't boo when a player is injured. I've seen it happen though. Now, if you're from Philadelphia, go for it. You guys are just weirdos. You even booed Santa Claus one time at a, at a Philadelphia Eagles game. True story. Like I said, booing an injured player, low class. I've seen it happen. I was up at the Oregon-USC game when Carson Palmer, as a freshman, cracked his collarbone. When he came back out of the locker room after halftime, Duck fans were mocking him, jeering him, haha, pointing. There's a reason I call those guys the most or the least sophisticated fan base in the Pac-12 conference. It's because of stuff like that. So, big conference. I apologize in advance for their behavior. We all have to deal with them. Now you do too. But back to booing. What was San Antonio Spurs head coach Greg Popovich thinking the other night? What he did when he grabbed the microphone at midcourt during the game was both hysterical and disgusting. I was embarrassed, and I'm not a San Antonio Spurs man. Here's the situation. Kawhi Leonard, former Spur, he was standing at the free throw line getting ready to free throws. He plays for the LA Clippers now. And he played for the Spurs years ago. And the fans were booing him. <laughs> That's what fans do, right? Greg Popovich, who I thought at one time was a really good head coach when he had talent like David Robinson and what was that guy? Uh, him played for Wake Forest. Name escapes me right now. <laughs> I'm really bad. I apologize. Really good player. Um, he had some, you know, San Antonio won a, you know, a few national champ, a few championships, not national championships. Uh, they held the trophy. And all of a sudden, you know, they don't have the same talent that they once had. And they're kind of a middle-of-the-road team. And Greg Popovich, who at one time was considered an elite coach, he's gotten old. And I think he's losing his mind. But he took the microphone during the game. And he's telling the crowd to stop booing. The crowd who's probably paying, you know, well over $100 per ticket. I don't know what's happened to him. He's just turned into a, a wackadoodle. This is not a tennis match. Not a, you're, not a, 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 you're not at a golf tournament. I don't know what he was thinking when he shuffled up there, stopping the game, and then shuffling back to, his, to the bench after he did that. Because the booing actually got louder. I mean, what did he think was going to happen? I know he and I probably see things differently through, uh, see things socially through a different lens, but that was uh, Charmin toilet paper soft. And I don't mean, I don't mean to be mean or, or crap, you know, I don't know. I just thought it was a really tough maneuver. Just weird. You, Look, 
I, I think I understood where it was coming from, trying to, you don't bully people, because that's a big thing right now, mental health. But booing professional ball players is not bullying anybody. I'm not making light of the mental health aspect. It's nothing to joke about. But these are professional athletes. They're used to being booed. My God. I mean, seriously, can we stop this whole coddling and acting like someone's feelings are being hurt? Millionaires? Multi-millionaires? Like I said, I was embarrassed watching that. I, could, I, I wonder how Kawhi felt about it. He was probably embarrassed. And had I been sitting on that San Antonio bench and Greg Popovich sat down next to me, I would have gotten up and moved. I don't know. That was just weird. Never thought I'd see that. I, again, I think I know where he was coming from. This whole mental health awareness and not wanting to bully anybody. I think he's losing something. I don't know. Probably shouldn't go there, but he's probably past this time. It's probably time from, for Coach Popovich to retire, I think is what I'm alluding to. Something else, since I'm ranting about booing. You know what else is stupid? When fans start chanting overrated. I mean, that is just really dumb. When your team beats the team that is apparently ranked higher, rated higher, better, if you beat them and you start chanting overrated, well, aren't you kind of cheapening your win? Common sense says, hello, you are. Dummies. I don't know. I'm a big proponent of common sense, and lately, I'm not seeing a whole lot of it. And hearing what I, who I once considered a pretty good head coach, Greg, Greg Popovich, saying, don't boo, during the middle of a game, where did your common sense go? What were you thinking? And then, again, just to kind of pile on with this whole, like, the overrated chant, I just thought I'd kind of pile on with it. If you're going to say the the team you beat was overrated, then so was your win. Does it make any sense? Of course not. All right. At the end of the week, right at the end of the show. Thank you. I'll be back with another episode on Monday for sure. That's what we do five times a week. So until then, everyone, we had a great Thanksgiving. You know what to do. <laughs>